0: I'm taking a little bit longer today, you guys, but I have have something super exciting that I want to share with you. We have been so prayerful, and it goes along with exactly this theme of God impressing on hearts and desiring to work in and through us, not someone else, but us. And I got to tell you, it's, it's been a wild, wild story. It's funny to even think about where to begin. But this week I had a conversation with a precious individual. And she had said to me, she said, well, you know, it'll happen if it's God's will. And I said, no, that is not scripture. I'm, I'm blowing some of your minds right now. I said, no, ma'am, that's not scripture at all that is a new age thinking that the church of jesus christ has adopted because it feels good and it keeps us from having to do anything if that's the case why are we praying (laughs) why are we getting in the word of god why are we giving why are we doing anything if it happens it's god's will If if it's if it's god's will it'll happen no that's not scripture What God desires to do on this earth, yes, he is sovereign, which is different from being controlling. He's sovereign. But he desires to change this whole world using us, by his spirit. And that requires us to do what Tyshawn and Melissa are doing, which is act. It is move. It is step out, doing our part. God is not calling me to do your part. He is not calling you to do my part. He's calling you to do your part. And it's so beautiful because right now, friends, this is the exact theme of where God has been drawing us. We have a wild opportunity that has just been presented to us in the last few weeks of a building that has come available. And the way that the Lord even let us know about it is so all him. Most of you know amazing Miss Camille. A couple months ago, was it months? A few months ago, she got a job opportunity to leave real estate and to go and work for a builder. And it was an incredible job opportunity. Amazing benefits, incredible pay. It looked like all the boxes were checked. It was a no-brainer. And she told me that she got this check in her spirit. And the Lord said, that's not it. You're not moving. You're not moving at all. And she didn't understand why. And her husband knows that she hears from the Lord. So he said, okay, you stay where you are. Stay where you are. And then a few weeks ago, her co-worker (laughs) walks into the office And they're talking about Jesus. Of course, she's a light everywhere she goes. But they're talking about Jesus, and he said, man, maybe I want to try your church out because my church stopped meeting about six months ago, and in fact, they're about to sell their building. Uh And what does Camille do? She goes, and she calls me and Pastor Angie. She She emails us. Sorry, sorry. She emails us. And in that moment, the wheels start turning. And can I tell you, we don't have this building. I don't, don't misunderstand me. This is a process that we've now engaged in. We are working with an amazing Christian financing company. We have to obviously have a down payment. We are a baby church. So it's difficult to get financing because they're like, you're how old? your church has been meeting how long, right? But the Lord is doing it. And here's what I want to encourage you with. Here's the ask, and it's big. It's big. But here's the beauty of it. It's not my responsibility. It's God's, and he'll impress on your heart. But we have, right now, this is what God's already done. There is an outside donor that doesn't even live in this state, okay? But their family has been watching what the Lord's doing through all of us. He's been watching the unity that even with what so many of us walked through, the way God has orchestrated so many of this, and they are so inspired that they called us and they said, we will give $100,000 toward your down payment. But here's the caveat. It's got to be matched by your people. And he said, if I understand what I know about your people, they'll do it. Everybody doing what they can. And so overall, we have to at least bring $300,000 to the table, more likely probably four hundred. dollars But here's what I'm working on. Another outside donor that is so inspired, not even in this house, not in a form of trying to control something. I'm so grateful that everyone's just doing their part. It's not one thing that's over. No, no, no. But people that are so inspired about the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in and through us. Friends, I, I am working on an additional match right now. We'll see what the Lord does. But what I'm asking, what we're asking of you is that over the next four or five weeks that you would pray and that you would dig and that you would give what you can and all you have to do is market for building fund and can I tell you I have seen God do some wild things but we are not praying God give us this building we're praying give us the building you want us to have So it may be a situation that God has called our attention to this so that we can get our finances prepped so that when another building comes, it might be exactly what God has. And then, boom, he makes it happen. Okay? But we're asking whatever you can do, mark it as building fund if you want it to be allocated just for that. And we need for it to be above and beyond your tithes because we still have to operate as a church. And so we know God can do it. But he's not calling J.F. and Ashley to do it by ourselves. It's all of us linking arms. That is the body. That is the kingdom. Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you're already doing. I thank you, God, that it's even being spearheaded by an amazing woman of God that you brought from this house into this situation to pray over every aspect of it, to be led by your spirit in every single realm god we just ask your will be done lord your will not ours whatever that looks like god we just ask that nothing keep your will from happening that nothing block exactly your desire lord we know you can turn all things for the good but lord we're asking for your perfect will For PCC, for our future, we thank you that you're moving on hearts. We thank you for everyone that's going to be willing to give whatever you put on their heart to give. We're excited for the future. We love you, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, amen. We have a lot to be thankful for. Amen. Okay, we have our ushers are going to pass the buckets. As always, there's multiple ways to give. You can text the word donation to 84576. You can give online. Yeah, we're going to give a second for the buckets to pass, and I'm excited for this word.
1: Well, yeah, good morning once again. My name is JF, part of the team here. Thanks for being here today. Did you survive the rain? You made it. Come on now. Hey, uh, what what a great day to be together. Hey, today we're starting a brand new series entitled Heart of Thanksgiving, because why? It's November. This is the month of gratitude, is it not? I mean, we're already seeing all the turkey commercials, right? We're, we're gearing up, and so uh, we say it here a lot. I like to I like to I like to roll with what culture's already talking about, and so uh, we're going to be talking about what it means to have a heart uh, of of thanksgiving, not just to be known as people that are thankful people, but truly that 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 it would it would flow from the very uh, place of who we are, that it would be deep seated in our roots and so heart of thanksgiving but instead of talking about your heart today I want to go a little different direction and I want to talk about your eyes can we do that you say wait a second how, how do my eyes connect with my heart well I want to I want to unpack that for you today I want to talk about this term uh, that is all throughout scripture it's referred to all throughout the holy scriptures it's a uh uh Uh, it's a a term, it's a phrase that is even used, uh, it was used in the ancient world and and really throughout Jewish culture even today, and the term is good eyes. Good eyes. What does it mean to have good eyes? In fact, Jesus talked about uh, this phrase uh, specifically uh, in his famous Sermon on the Mount, which comes from the book of Matthew chapter 6. I want to go there right now because I want to look at what this phrase means this good eyes if you have your bible or you can look at the bible in the sky behind me matthew chapter 6 verse 19 this is what jesus said he said do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven Where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So so there's that word heart. But watch this. He, He shifts from heart. Now he starts using this picture of eyes. Verse 22, it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Now, Jesus is saying that our gratitude and our perspective on our current situation, what's happening to us right now will always affect the rest of everything. Meaning it affects our health. It it affects our relationships. uh, It it affects... uh, your impact, your impact on everything. And when your eyes are healthy, your perspective is always fresh and no longer do you take things for granted. Well, yeah. And I love, I love the fact that well, this is an honest place. And man, there's times where I just take really important things for granted. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. I believe that if you're a, a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, you actually desire a life of gratitude. Yeah. This, this, is, this is what you want out of life. But how many of us, if we're being real honest, if you're like me, sometimes it's not, it's not that easy, right? It, 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 there's oftentimes that stuff gets in the way of us truly having these good eyes that Jesus is calling us to. And I wanna talk about, uh, I wanna talk about this a little bit. In this series, I wanna make sure that we're aware of the pitfalls uh, that, would, that would get in the way of us having these good eyes. And I want to talk about a pitfall today that many of us fall into, we fall victim to, especially when we're doing our very best to live lives full of gratitude. And I want to talk about today your focus. Your focus. Focus is so important into having these good eyes. And to unpack this pitfall, we're going to look at a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 15, which is often referred to as the prodigal son. Maybe, maybe you're familiar with this story. It's also uh, referred to as the lost son, and, and, and I, we've taught on this lots and lots of times here, but this, is, this one's so important when we're looking at having a heart of gratitude, having a heart truly full of thanksgiving. So let's go to the text, Luke chapter 15. Maybe you'll, you'll, you'll be familiar with this. Jesus continued, it says in the verse 11. Jesus continued. He said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. First pitfall I want to talk about today that keeps us from living a life full of gratitude is this. Number one, focusing only on what you want. Focusing only on what you want. Friends, this focusing on just what I want and what I want right now has gotten a lot of us in trouble from time to time. Putting all the emphasis on what I want right now. What can I get? What can I latch onto right now? Seeking first our kingdom instead of God's. Praying for our will instead of God's. Wanting to make our name great instead of his name, great. This will always, hear me out, friends, this will always ultimately leave you empty and unhappy, whether you realize it or not. When you put yourself first every single time, you see what I'm saying? And here's the thing. Because we have a heavenly Father that loves us so much and because He loves us so much, he's, giving, he's given us something called a free will, meaning you get to make the decisions pertaining to your life. He loves you so much that He will often give us exactly what we are begging for, even if, if, even if it's not our best. Even, even, even when He knows that it's not His best for us, He'll sometimes even give it to you. And this is exactly what's happening here in this story. And you can read all of the details of, of, of this story of the prodigal son, but essentially the father gives his inheritance to him and he heads to Vegas. No, I don't know if it was Vegas, but <laughs> whatever that version was in the ancient world. South Beach, I don't know. But, but he, he takes off and he blows through all of his money. And, and Jesus, it takes a dramatic twist. The story goes that this son ends up trying to steal the food that was allocated for the pigs. He's in a pig pen. And, and here he is. He went from here, and you talk about falling, falling far from grace. And I wonder maybe today, if there's someone in here, maybe you can relate to this part of the story. Maybe you see yourself... Uh, in this particular area of this story, this is exactly what I thought I wanted, but it resulted in total devastation. Maybe you're sitting here today and and you spent your whole life pursuing something that, that you thought, that's, that's why I'm here on earth, and you you managed to get there, and it resulted in, in, in devastation. And Here's the thing, when your sole purpose in life is only focusing on your own desires, you'll never experience the healing properties of gratitude. Yeah. Because, because Thanksgiving, there's a healing, there's a, there's, a, there's a balm, if you will. When you begin to tap in to this secret code of, of, of gratitude in your life, it, it will change you, it will heal you, it will, it will turn those bad eyes to good eyes now let's continue in the story here Luke chapter 15 verse 17 look what happens here he's he's in, he's in he's in the dumps but something happens here and it says when he came to his senses. Maybe you're in this room this morning and you say, yeah, I I remember when I came to my senses. I, I remember when God began to do something in my life and there was a shift. Well, this happened here in this young man's life. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Here's the second pitfall that can keep us from living out a life full of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving, and that is focusing on a false representation of God. Meaning misdemeanor. misunderstanding the, 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 the nature of our Heavenly Father. This will, this will get in the way <laughs> when, you, when you have an unhealthy, when you, when you have a misrepresentation of the Heavenly Father. Friends, you will never be able to live a life full of gratitude and generosity when you think God is angry with you all the time. Yeah. Yeah, when you constantly have this false picture of like, this, you know, up on a hey, you do that one more time, whack! Like, and, and I think that you know that there's been this false theology this, <laughs> that, that, that some of us have been taught in, in different religious uh, arenas where it's like, God's mad at you, do it again, see what happens, he's coming after you. And, and if that's how you see the Heavenly Father on a regular basis, you will never tap into this thing called, called uh, 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 healthy. Uh, heart of gratitude. You'll, you'll, never, you'll never experience the good eyes that the Lord desires for you will never happen to you until you understand how your heavenly Father actually sees you. When you begin to get a glimpse of how he sees you as his son, as his daughter, it will change everything in your life, regardless of where you've been and regardless of how much you squandered. <laughs> right? And so when Jesus was asked what the Heavenly Father is like, he tells this story. They say, they say Jesus, so tell, get, tell us what the Heavenly Father's like. And so Jesus describes the Heavenly Father through this next part of the story. Let's go back to the text. Look at verse 16. It says, so he, meaning the, the, the Son, the Son had blown everything, he comes to his senses and scripture says, so he got up and he went to his father. Now here's a picture that Jesus wants you and I to understand of, of how the heavenly father sees you this morning. Look what it says. It says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. Now you can underline this whole next verse because in verse 21, it says, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Don't miss this part right here. This is so important because, because this is a, a major reason why so many of us can't seem to walk in the the thanksgiving and the gratitude and the joy of the Lord that he desires for you. Because here's the thing, don't don't miss this. Even even after the father runs out, (laughs) the heavenly father takes off in a dead sprint to his father, which by the way, in that ancient culture was so scandalous. Men in that world, you, you were a fool if you were caught physically running at any time. But this father throws all of that off. He doesn't care because his lost son, who he thought was dead, had come home. And instead of just hanging out by the door, I I told you this was going to happen. You ain't getting nothing else. He takes off and he sprints to his dead son. This is a picture of the heavenly father. But here's the thing. Even after he received him into his arms, embracing him, holding him, don't miss this. The son's still focusing on an improper view of his father. Yeah, yeah. Even after he has this experience where his dad literally just dive bombs him, yeah. holds him in his arms. the son still can't get a clear picture of the love of his father. He, there, there's, there's, it's a pitfall. He has an improper view of The Father, he can't even be grateful and thankful that he's home because he doesn't really believe that he's worthy of his Father's love. And some of us in this room, we're in the same boat. Some of us, maybe you're sitting here today, maybe folks that were watching online this morning, you've been fully received by God. He he, he loved you so much that he gave his life. He came to you. He's given you this free gift of salvation. But not just that, he's given you peace and he's given you assignment and purpose. You now know why you're here. You've been fully received by God and yet while you're in his embrace, while you're in his arms, you're still arguing with him over whether or not you've truly been redeemed. He's holding you, and, and you're there, and you're like, I'm just not good enough, God, to be held by you. You know, you know, you still, I still struggle with these things, and so there, you're, maybe you're, maybe I'm, I only have access to a quarter of your love. And you have this, impre- he's mad at you, and I'm not, I'm not really, and all of that kind of stuff, and, and what happens is it affects everything in your life. Specifically, as we're talking about this subject matter of thanksgiving and gratitude, the the, the, the good eyes are a bit clouded, if you will Your, 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 your perspective isn't as healthy as it, as it can be because of this right here. here's the father's response verse twenty two but the father said to his servants, so so here get, get the picture. Here, his dad's hugging him and he's like i'm." I'm not worthy to be here. Can I just can I just be a Can I just get a job? But look what the dad says. He says, But the father said to his servants, quick, <laughs> bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and his found so what happened they threw a rager friends (laughs) they threw a party they began to celebrate is what scripture says and I want to stop right there because someone needs to be reminded of this part of the story this is what our heavenly father does you came home heaven throws a party the the, scripture is clear it says that while we're while you were still in your sin Christ died for you while I was still in my while I was still rejecting him, he gave everything for me. So, so I, I got to hear that today too. Maybe you're walk, you've walked into this place and you, you, you've just got to, you need a fresh perspective of who the heavenly father is and your relationship with him. He loves you. And when you, and when you grasp a hold of that, maybe, maybe you, let me say it like this. There's no way that you'll ever be able to understand that. That's right. That's right. But you can't accept it today. That's right. You can't accept it today. And what will happen is it'll affect every area of your life, specifically in the area of a perspective shift of living out a grateful heart, being, being known as a, a, th- a person full of thanksgiving. And the things that you take for granted, the things that you forget to say, God, thank you for this. Thank you for thank you it, it shifts it shifts. Stop believing the lies of the enemy regarding the nature of your heavenly Father yeah. Yeah. you know when my kids come to me crying over a mistake they made, parents you know what I'm talking about like when, like when your children have made a mistake and they're truly sorry, man I'm not maybe. You're like me. It's like I'm not like, yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah, no, you got to own that, you know. <laughs> no, man, I I pick them up. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. Is it I hold them in my. I remember. I remember the first time my daughter Israel. She was real little, and uh, she did a master art piece on our wall. <laughs> right? Yeah, with a sharpie, the whole thing and 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 it was like she realized because she had been told that we don't you know we use the paper you know but she man this little girl like she was devastated like she knew that like, she had made a huge mistake and she's like daddy i'm sorry i'm sorry and i said you better be <laughs> oh i well, i picked that kid up and i said it's okay I forgive you. It's gonna be okay. We'll fix it. And I held her. I'm sorry, Dad. And we had a little prayer together and a learning moment. And then what? 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 uh, What? What does a good dad do? Hey, do you want? Let's go get some ice cream now, right? Like it's good. It's under the blood, right? It's all good. It's all good. And that's what the Heavenly Father. That's that's a picture of God the Father and His the relationship that He desires with you, right? That's what it is. So the celebration is happening and probably the biggest one that that family had ever thrown. But here's the twist in the plot right here. This isn't like, and they lived happily ever after because how many know families are messy? (laughs) So look what happens in verse 25. It says, Meanwhile, The older son was in the field. He was working. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, what in the honk's going on over there? What's going on over there? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf. Because he has him back safe and sound. See the perspective right there? Verse 28, the older brother, watch what happened." The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So what did the loving father do? He said, yeah, he's a, he's a jerk. Just let him stay out there. He'll, he'll, if he comes around, you know, this isn't about him. No, he didn't do that. So his father went out, went to him again, his, his other son. And what did he do? He pleaded with him. As our band comes back, we're going to close here. The, the pitfall these two pitfalls that, 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 that keep us from living out a life of gratitude. Number one, focusing only on what you want, selfishness. Number two, focusing on a false representation of God. Here's the third one, and I have fallen victim to this one. Maybe you have too, and that is focusing only on what others have. F- focusing on what my neighbor, man, not that, that. I, got, I need a jet ski like that, you know? Man, I mean that that right there, when you begin to put all of your focus on what your buddy has or your brother has, I'm telling you, it will keep you from having fresh perspective and, and good eyes. Look what happens here, verse 29. But he answered his father, look all these years, all of them, man, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, he's real dramatic now, right? Comes home. You kill the fat calf for him. Verse 31, my son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. Every calf that I own was always available to you, son. You don't. You don't have. A, you don't have the right perspective right now. It's all yours. It'll always be yours. Verse thirty-two. But we had to. We had to celebrate and be glad. Why? Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found most of us know the the quote from teddy roosevelt and the quote is comparison is the thief of joy and i agree with all of that i agree that if all we do is focus on what others have we'll simply lose sight of everything of everything but what if we were able to start seeing what others have in the light of who our Father is and that it's all His and, th- and therefore it's all ours. Amen. He owns it all. Yes. So what my brother has <laughs> comes from God. He's my brother, so it's mine too. All of this stuff is on loan. And when, that, when I begin to understand that, I, I, everything shifts and what happens? I'm actually... I actually become happy for them. Right? I remove the comparison thing because we're on the same team. And if that son could have grasped the fullness of of, of the fact that now that he had his brother who was dead home, if he could have put the focus and understood the fullness of the fact that his brother was home and that he wasn't dead, that there was now going to be another worker back in the field helping out, Right, that, that everything that his brother brought to the table, it helped him out too? That comparison would have been transformed into celebration. I mean, you talk about a shift. What, what, what was the thief of his joy and gratitude would have actually fueled it. It would have been the, the, the driving force. And that's what the Lord desires for us. Good eyes. Good eyes. Why? so that we can shift our focus in such a way that allows us to live in the fullness of gratitude and generosity that he's calling us all to. He's calling us to plant seeds like this so that we bear good fruit, that we have healthy eyes, good eyes, because it affects everything. First pitfall, focusing only on what you want. When, 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 when your priorities in life is everything all about me and then maybe family and you know, God's down there somewhere. If you can, if you can reevaluate and, and, and shift that, pro, that pro, I'm telling you, man, he's gonna give you what your heart desires. But, 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 but we have to focus on, and I love Tyshawn and Melissa, their heart, they're, they're spending their thanksgiving focusing on the needs of other people, right? It's a beautiful thing. It's, it's inspiring to, to me personally. Yeah. But see, they, they, they understand how beautiful this is. They understand that when they go out on Thanksgiving, their, their whole perspective, they're going to see what's going on around. They're going to go, oh my, and they've, they've already done this, but there'll be a, another like rush of, oh Lord, yeah. you're so good to me. I have a roof over my head and clothes and my employment and, health and, you know, the things that I take for granted granted so often, right? Focusing on a false representation of God will always keep you from living out a life, a heart full of gratitude. If He's always just a God who's mad and upset, then then you've you've missed the nature of the Heavenly Father and and the relationship that He desires for you. Then that third one, focusing on what others have, man. That comparison thing, so, so someone in here today, you, you, you may just want to go shut down your Instagram account. See what I'm saying? Like you, you may want to just totally remove yourself from Facebook. You may want to just stop looking down the, at the new car. and Because what is that? that thing? I don't have that. And so one, I'm going to have that. And so, I, so then it, it affects everything. You start focusing on what everybody else has then you put even more emphasis on, on, on getting the thing only for you. And it just screws everything up. And so then when it doesn't happen, you, you, it, it affects your, your, your view of who God is. God wouldn't provide that for me. What kind of, that's not a loving, and it's ch- and the enemy's just like, I got you! I got you! So you're doing exactly the opposite of what, of what God has for you. And so today as we pray, pray for me too. This, this is, we're all humans in here, right? We all have flesh and we all have desires and temptations and the enemy's teeing off all the time. The prayer is Holy Spirit, may this word today, and I love, once again, I'm not calling you guys out, the doer's part of the word, man. James, shall we leave here today and walk this thing out? Got a few more weeks of this, I'm looking forward to it. Come on, just bow your heads as we pray together. November, November, the month of gratitude and thanksgiving. And I'll talk about more of it this next week and the week after, but truly the result of a pure grateful heart, the result of good eyes is generosity. Because you begin to understand of all that you've been given, all that you have, all that God's done for you, and you can't help (laughs) but give and serve and love and go out and hand out stuff and downtown to all the stuff, man. That's what flows out of you, generosity and service because you're so grateful for all that he's done for you in your life. When you get a a, a truly, you begin to understand the sacrifice that that Jesus made for you on the cross and it just changes everything. Your, Your eternity is secure, right? Your identity is solid. Your purpose remains. And so, Lord God, I pray for every friend in this room today. Maybe you're here today. You say, J.F., pray for me. Pray for me in this month of November that God would give me a fresh perspective, that He would give me those those good eyes that He calls me to. I want to be a person full of of gratuity. I want to be a person who, who, who is known as a humble, gracious person full of love and thanksgiving that's that's what i want to be known for pray for me jf that in those moments where i catch myself scrolling 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 saying i wish i had that i wish i was on that beach i wish i was on that that all that kind of stuff that i would i would the holy spirit would stop me in that moment and remind me everything that he's already done for me and what he's doing for me let that be so, Lord God. May that be so in my own heart, Lord Jesus. God, I pray for somebody in this room today. Maybe you're here today and you're and you're and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ because of that second pitfall, that second thought. And that is you have a misrepresentation of the nature of the Heavenly Father. You you, you think that God's up there and He's mad at you and He's 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 dumped condemnation on your head and you're hopeless. So maybe today you just need to accept the fact that. The Heavenly Father is quite opposite, and so maybe you just wanted today. Maybe you say, "JF, pray for me. I want to make my peace with God." It's like this son who came to his senses. Maybe that's you right now in this moment. You you're coming. The light's turned on, and you're coming to your senses. I just encourage you. Maybe right now, in, in your in your in your spirit, say a simple prayer like this: "Jesus, I believe in you. I receive you." you know all of the all of the the stuff that I've gotten myself into like that that son who squandered. Maybe you're here today and you're like you're ashamed. You're dealing with shame because you you squandered all that you had. Maybe it maybe it it did manifest in your finances, but maybe more so in your personal life with your family. Maybe you squandered a marriage or maybe you squandered a business. Maybe you Whatever it is, and so you carry shame, and so it, it just compounds because you think God's mad at you. Whatever it is, Lord, I believe in you. Heal me today. Just say that, God, heal me. I believe in you. I'm going to follow you. Thank you for a second chance. Begin a new work in my heart. Thank you for all that you've provided for me. Thank you that you're with me even right now. Lord God, today I pray for myself. I pray for every person in this room. At some level, we all battle that comparison disease. And for others of us, it robs us of lots and lots of joy. So Lord God, may we walk out of this room today with good eyes, a fresh perspective, because we know that it affects everything that we do. God, I pray for every person in this room. God, we thank you for what you're doing. God, we are taking steps of faith, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know that you've already made a way, that, you're, that you've gone before us, that you have tomorrow in your hands, and that we're just going to trust in you, we're going to trust in you, and then we're going to speak, we're going to speak out and, and, and ask for the things uh, that you want us to ask for, and, and that is that your will would be done. Pacific Coast Church, your will. Lord, when it comes to real estate, that you would would open the doors. When it comes to uh, reaching people, that you would open doors. When it comes to making uh, ministry uh, decisions, we want your will and we want your heart for this church. And we thank you for all that you've already done. We are grateful. So I bless every person in this room today, Lord God. I pray blessing in their health, in their relationships, in their finances in their desires in their dreams let it be so let it be so and I speak peace peace in the midst of chaos all around us peace in the midst of chaos. this week major vote Lord God may there be peace in every city in this country we rebuke violence in the name of Jesus we come against it we come against a vision we, we come against these things that separate us. We come against racism. We come against all of these components that, that drive us apart, specifically in the church too, Lord God. Heal the church in America in Jesus' name. Ha- let your will be done and may it start in every one of our own hearts. Lord God, we repent today for any sin that the sin that we know of and the sin that we don't know of. We humble ourselves and we say sorry for the things that we've done. And we say, God, heal us in Jesus' name. So many people who have walked away from the church because of all of the events that have taken place over the course of the last few years. God, I pray that you would bring them comfort, that they would have a fresh perspective of who you are and what you're about and what you don't stand for. Let it be so. Let it be so. And we say today the word amen, which means we agree together. Amen and amen and amen. Awesome.